It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. We are back with another episode of On the Clock. I'm your host, Brett Whitefield, and I'm once again joined by Chris Wecht, my partner in crime, to discuss draft results. Today we are breaking out the AFC North and the NFC North, those northern teams. We're going to be looking at their draft classes. We're switching up the format today, Chris. We're going to go, instead of kind of going over every pick, we're going to try to expedite and give you more valuable content for certain players. We're going to go with the best pick, a worst pick, a surprise pick, and then a grade. Not a surprise pick from... I guess you can take whatever approach you want, Chris, but I'm going with surprise as in pick that I think could surprise people. Um, and then we'll go with a, a grade. We'll grade the drafts. Sound cool? Yeah, sounds good. Sweet. Um, let's just kick it off with the NFC North. Actually, the, there's a, a funny tale. I felt like the NFC North was like a bunch of mediocre drafts, and then the a- NF- AFC North had kind of some polar opposites, like a couple of really good drafts and then a couple of bad ones. So it's kind of interesting to see how each division lives on its own but because ultimately i don't know if you if you've ever heard this but i've had scouts tell me that you when you're drafting sometimes you do draft for your division a lot yeah i definitely you have to play those teams twice a year yeah it's like yep shoot you know new england is a good example and we'll get to them what tomorrow but you know they're they play in a, a murderer's row of receivers. So it's like they have to make sure they have cornerbacks that can play. And yep. they took Christian Gonzalez. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. So Dallas Anyways. took Mozzie Smith for to, you know, Eagles have a, one of the best running yep. games in the in the league. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Giants run the ball. Eagles run the ball. Washington runs the ball. They take Mozzie Smith. Makes perfect sense. All right. Let's do it. Let's start with uh let's go alphabetical. So we'll start with the Chicago Bears. Um, this draft was interesting because I think our model didn't like it very much. But I, like when you look at it and you see that they're like a rebuilding team, and then you factor in the fact that they traded back and, and got some draft capital and a player, like you have to include DJ Moore in this conversation. You have to include the future draft capital they got as well, which is a first round pick next year. So from that standpoint, you really you end up really liking the draft. But when you look at the players they selected, it's like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah it's okay i think their best pick for me was darnell Wright. i threw in roshan johnson as like a a 1b as well just because i think they got great value on him in the fourth round i think he 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 legitimately is a guy who could be their starting running back they got him in the fourth round and that's you know from our vantage point chris that's what we always talk about like that's where you want to find your running back third fourth round those are those are where the dudes are you can still find talent there. You just have to have a good scouting process. And it seems like they did. David Montgomery was my comp for Roshan Johnson. And voila, David Montgomery leaves. They replace him with David Montgomery 2.0. Seems like the uh, kind of a perfect landing spot for him. So anyways, what are your thoughts on best pick here? Yeah, that's the direction I was going to go. Darnell Wright, I think, is the best pick. Or really, the best pick is the trade down that they moved in the hall that they got. But sure. in terms of picking a player, it's got to be Darnell Wright. Uh, second offensive tackle off your board, they get him at pick 10. He'll be immediate day one starter, build around Justin Fields. That's what we've been saying yeah. all offseason, and they did that. 
Um, and Rosh, you mentioned Roshan. Roshan was going to be my surprise pick as a guy that like he could be the lead back in that backfield by year's end. I think yeah. he can do. Uh, I think they view Clear Herbert as more of their Tony Pollard explosive guy. They don't want him getting the ball a ton. Roshan can be that David Montgomery grinder that is more viewed as the RB one on the team. Yeah, I said this on uh, Hanson's show yesterday on SiriusXM Guru in the morning. It seems like Chicago doesn't actually like Khalil Herbert that much. Mm-hmm. If even like so, Montgomery got banged up a few times over the last two years. He he even missed some games, and Khalil Herbert, like, yeah, he had good workload in that game. But the second Montgomery was back in the lineup, his workload went down to nothing. Yeah, five carries, six carries. It's like. And when you look at the efficiency metrics, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. It seemed like they'd want him getting the ball more. So, and some of it might come down to the fact that I don't think Herbert does the the gritty things. He doesn't do the, you know, the dog pound type stuff. He's not a good pass blocker. He's, you know, I, I think he leaves some of those plays on the field, and uh, you know, that's where they they want a guy like Roshan who kind of does the dirty work. He does everything. So, um. Yeah, he's I, gonna. He, I just, yeah, I think it's just a volume thing. They don't want Herbert getting the ball a ton. They like, I think they like his explosiveness, but they don't trust that to sustain itself over the course of a season if he's getting fifteen plus touches a game. Yep, exactly. And as far as Wright goes, like this dude is nasty. He's a he's a run blocker first and foremost. I mean, just a a road grader if we want to get cliche here. And it's pretty clear the Chicago Bears want to run the football. Um, sometimes with Justin Fields, sometimes with that stable of running backs. They now have three competent running backs in Roshan, Herbert, and Donta Foreman. So I, I love this pick. I think Darnell Wright just kind of elevates the whole offensive line. It allows you to put your – what their first-round pick from a couple years ago at right guard now, Tev, uh, Tevin Jenkins. So that there's a win there. Uh, it seems like they found their left tackle a couple from last year's draft in the fifth round, which that's a great score of the Ohio State kid. So – I, Darnell Wright really elevates that entire offensive line, and it, it, I just I kind of like what the Bears have done surrounding Fields with with more talent, both on offensive line and in, at the skill player positions. So, um, their worst pick for me, I went with Zach Pickens, D tackle, South Carolina. This is a premium pick, Chris. This is a top sixty five pick, sixty fourth overall in the draft. They had already taken Gervin Dexter, and I know they needed help on the interior D line. It just seemed completely unnecessary. Those guys are virtually the same player. Pickens is a little bit bigger, a little more nose tackly. I think Dexter can probably become a better pass rusher than Pickens, but I just I didn't love them double tapping a non-premium position with guys who I just saw as developmental and meh. None, neither one of them do anything extraordinarily well. The model agreed with me too, right? They didn't like the Pickens pick? No, they didn't. It was, yeah, fifty, just over fifty percent. That's one of the lower scores. Yeah, that I had a hard time with that one. And it, yeah, like, sorry, I thought ahead. about I thought about going this route, but there. And then I thought back, man, they got just absolutely killed on the run every single week last week. And while you know, yeah, I don't love putting so much capital into non-premium positions. They legit like couldn't get their defense off the field most weeks because of how bad their run defense was. Um, so I'm willing to let it slide. I still don't love the picks by any means, yeah. but, but 
they clearly noticed a weakness on their team and said, we, we just can't do this again because our offense can't even be on the field to put up points if we can't stop the run at all. Yeah, I just look at some of the guys that went off the board after him too. Um, Sidney Brown, DB from Illinois. Drew Sanders, linebacker hybrid guy from Arkansas. Um, Tank Dell, I think could have helped that team. Kendra Miller, you know, obviously they end up with Roshan, so in hindsight that looks like the right choice. But Garrett Williams, corner, went to the Cardinals. Like I would have loved that pick for them. Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman. Like there's a lot of dudes there that would have helped that team. A lot. I just think Pickens is a no, a nothing burger. Um, like you, like Puna Ford was on the market. He's every bit as good as, you know, he's a run stuffing nose tackle. So, yeah, Yaya Diaby even would have been a better pick, even though our our model would have hated it. But, anyways, that's that's all. I just think they, you know, but we've been saying it though. Big guys come off the board quicker than everyone realizes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Who, so who'd you go with for worst pick then? I'm going to go with Tyreek Stevenson. I think it, getting him in the second round was a little bit of a reach for what, you know, what mm-hmm. talent of cute cornerback he is. Plus, I think they like their corners and, yeah, basically, mo- mostly their corners kind of a lot. Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Jalen Jones. I know they weren't awesome last year, but they definitely showed flashes at times, and I just don't know how adding – a meh corner in the second round really helps their team right now. I think they could be, you know, the, the, like keep building on, you know, the O line or keep building on the D line or like edge and whatnot. But yeah, don't, don't love the Tyreek Stevenson pick. So they, they also traded up for that for Stevenson, right? Uh, I don't remember if they did. So I really, the reason I went with, with uh, Pickens over Stevenson, Stevenson at least plays a premium position. True, and he's got a ton of developmental upside. Um, this is like a really physical, athletic corner that I think could develop into a really, really good starter. Now, th- there's a lot of work to do with him for sure, but you did mention the guys they already have, and it's like it was, it was a good environment to get him into because he's not going to have to play right away necessarily. So I, I didn't kill him for that. I know the model didn't like it, but it, it was a little early. It was a little early. I, I saw Stevenson more as a third round guy for sure. Um, and then you, then you look at the board too, and then you see like DJ Turner come off the board a few picks later, and that that kind of stings a little bit, you know. Yeah, Garrett uh, Stevenson was, or yeah, the Syracuse corner was still on the board. Garrett Williams, I'm all Garrett, the names are blending yeah. for me at this point. <laughs> Garrett Williams is still on the board, so you know that I think that definitely makes it um, that makes it hard to swallow. There were there were better corners available, in my opinion, but yeah. For surprise pick, I went – I'm sure you can guess who I went with. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured you would. Ty, Tyler Scott, wide receiver Cincinnati. Um, I'm. This is one of my dudes. Now, obviously, he fell to, what, the fourth round or something? Fifth for, round. Fifth round. Not sure why. Um, really puzzling why he fell that far. But regardless of that, guy's skill set is legit. I think if Fields is ever going to get that deep ball where he wants it to be, he's going to need guys like Tyler Scott on that team. So, I mean, like we're talking about Fields getting more accurate and trusting what he sees at a higher level. Like Claypool is not going to help with that. Claypool is a contested catch guy. Yeah, occasionally he will crush a corner off a line of scrimmage that's playing press and beat him with physicality, and, and, and he's got good speed, but – Ultimately, he's a he's a jump ball kind of guy. 
Tyler Scott will just flat out burn corners. So if you yeah. want to like really give Justin Fields confidence in delivering that deep ball, I think Tyler Scott's going to go a long way for them. And I think he could surprise some people, maybe not this year, but in years this to come. This feels kind of repetitive to what they, you know, Darnell Mooney could theoretically play that role. Uh, they draft Velas Jones in the third round last. I mean, it just makes me hate the Velas Jones pick more than I dislike the Tyler Scott pick, but I just, yeah, well, just feels like a little repetitive for what they've been already have on their roster. Yeah. Mooney Mooney's such a jag to me though. I've never really liked Mooney did not have a high draft grade on him. I was surprised that his breakout was that year two. really surprised by that. Their moves suggest they don't necessarily love that either, but I don't know. I, I Scott's Scott is a, a just a pure burner. His vertical vertical skill set is so much better than Mooney's, in my opinion. I think Mooney's should be kind of limited to slot duties and you know working the short parts of the field. Mm-hmm. But, uh, overall, I gave this this draft an A because of the trade back getting yeah, DJ Moore. B plus, but yeah, B-plus. the trade back is a huge part of that. Yeah, trade trade back scores big for me, man. Like, I, I getting a first next year is is clutch, especially for a team that you know they're not gonna they're not gonna be bottom five, but they're probably gonna be somewhere between that like six and fifteen range. So you're gonna get a, a really premium asset there, and you know you're not gonna be good yourself. So you're gonna have likely two top fifteen ish picks. I think it's top ten for sure. I think it's a. You think there's ten better teams than the Cardinal or Panthers next year? That division sucks. Yeah, they're going to fall into some wins. If if Bryce Young, you know, hits like hot, like if he comes out hot, I I think they they could win some games, man. Shoot, they won some games last year unexpectedly. Like they, you know, what did they win? Seven games? Yeah, they're, I don't know. Their division probably got better overall, and they still were a top 10 pick last year. The Falcons were a top 10 pick. The Saints were a top 10 pick. So I, th- I think it's a good chance that it's a top 10 pick again next year. Well, that would be even better than for the Bears. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the the beloved team here on the podcast. And that's the Detroit Lions. We've talked a lot about the Lions. <laughs> we have talked a lot about. So let's not spend a ton of time here. Um, best picks. I think they're obvious because we have talked about it. I went Brian Branch 1A, Hendon Hooker 1B. Really emphasize the Branch pick, though. Because I think for what they're trying to do on defense, he's just such a such a slam dunk pick. It kind of redeemed some of the positional value they lost on the Campbell pick. Um, you know, like if you want to do the reverse drafting thing, if they took Branch at eighteen and Campbell at forty five, no one bats an eye. Yeah. It's like, oh, what a fantastic draft. <laughs> now I don't live in that alternative world, so I'm still going to criticize them for the Campbell pick because I'm looking at it like, oh, you could have had Miles Murphy and Brian Branch. Yep, exactly. You know, but, um, why settle for Jack Campbell when you could get other players? Like, but anyways, yeah. Brian Branch, fantastic pick. Scheme wise, he just matches up so well. Obviously, they have Chauncey Gardner Johnson. This is another example. I've been saying this, Chris. My player comps were so freaking spot on. He was my comp for Brian Branch. They end up on the same team. Go figure. Um, I, it's, a, it's it's pretty crazy. And then Hendon Hooker gives them, you know, I would say the potential for an elite backup. At worst, and at best, he challenges Goff for that starting job, and maybe after the year they decide, you know what, Hooker has impressed us. We're going to move on with him, and Goff, we're not paying you $50 million a year. So Did you I, see I the, like, like the report, 
Did you see the reports about their they meant they talked to Goff about an extension? Yeah, I have seen those reports. And it, it, the comment that was actually made was pretty vague. It wasn't like, oh, we're trying to get a deal done with Goff. It's like, yeah, we we called his agent or we've talked to his agent about an extension. We have no idea who initiated that call. We have no idea who, you know, are they talking four years? Are they talking two years? Like what's, there's so many, so many variables here that in play, but I still love the, like I always will like dart throws at quarterbacks, especially super duper talented quarterbacks. And Hooker is definitely that. So I I like that. What would you go for best pick? I'm going to go with Hooker because I want to believe that he does take over for golf at some point. Cause if he doesn't, I, I just think it keeps, it's going to put this lines in the, a weird purgatory QB purgatory situation. And I don't want that to happen. I want the, I, this team deserves to be good. They've got good coaches. They just had a little bit of an iffy draft and hooker being good could resolve everything the same way Jalen hurts being good. Even though that was a ridiculed pick in the second round fixed everything for the Eagles. Yeah. So I just I want to believe that Hooker can be a legit NFL starter. They got him at a good value. Maybe he just needs a year. Yeah. I'm I I am here for it, man. If that happens, that'd be great. I do if they re-sign Goff to a crazy extension, like forty five plus in like four years, it's gonna really put a ceiling, I think, on what this team can accomplish. I still think they'll be competitive. They'll be in yep. the playoff mix every year. But ultimately, like the goal is not to be in the playoff mix every year. The goal is to win Super Bowls. And I don't think they're going to get that done with a golf extension. So Exactly. Um, worst pick, pretty obvious. You may have went Gibbs. I went Jack Campbell. I, I've come to terms on the Gibbs pick. The Jack Campbell pick still, out, still sticks out as just woefully terrible. Um, and I like yeah. Jack Campbell. This is the problem with their draft, Chris. Is I like Jameer Gibbs. I like Jack Campbell. I just hate the process here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jack, I just I already mentioned the guy I would have taken ahead of him. That was Miles Murphy. So, um, but there was also there was corners on the board, offensive linemen. There's a million other ways they could have gone to keep building this team. They didn't have to do this at 18. Yeah, Campbell's the worst pick. Uh, I mean, Gibbs is definitely in contention, but I. You, you just – linebacker is probably even less important than running back at times unless unless the linebacker can do something like a Luke Keekley used to do for the Panthers. There's three of those guys in the NFL right now yeah. that do that stuff. Fred yeah. Warner, Levante David, and Bobby Wagner. Jack Campbell ain't those guys. Yeah. They just they just don't matter. They all suck. They all get burned in coverage, and yes. you just, you just kind of have to learn how to minimize it if you're a good team. Um, yep. So that's that's got to be my least favorite pick because you're just not going to see really any kind of impact from him in a major way. Whereas Gibbs, like there is a world where he is actually making an impact. Now, is it being overpaid for? P- probably, but he can actually make an impact in helping them win games. Yep. I fully agree there. If Campbell was like a, a savant in coverage – it would be a different story, right? But he's not like, and I don't think he ever will be. He's two hundred and fifty pounds, doesn't move. You know, he tested as a great athlete, but he doesn't move that well on tape. the The mental processing it, from run game to pass game is entirely different. He's got insanely fast mental processing in the run game. Slows way down on the pass game. I don't know if he tr- doesn't trust his feet or what it is, but um, 
Yeah, and that's like it's it's not even so the past the past defense was the issue for the Lions the past few years. It's not even like the Bear like we said the Bears are terrible against the run. They wanted yeah. to add, you know, they used to have Roquan Smith who you know helped them stop the run. They wanted to add another linebacker. Like at least there's like some kind of narrative you can spin. The Lions' run defense, while not awesome, has not been the issue. It's been their pass defense, and you just fail to add an elite pass rusher or an elite de- coverage defender, over, and you add an off-ball linebacker instead. That's yeah. Yep. Agreed. All right. For surprise pick, I went with Antoine Green, wide receiver, North Carolina, seventh round guy. He's a guy I didn't get around to scoring, but I did watch him. Um, this dude has a legitimate vertical skill set. Now, he doesn't do much more than that because he runs slants and go routes. That's it. That That's that North Carolina offense, though. It's, he's not you know dissimilar to Josh Downs in that way. He's just doing it from an outside alignment versus a slot alignment. But he is tall. He is you know has good weight, physical, very physical player, really good release package, and he's got speed and ball tracking skills. So, like, he just, I think he gives that offense kind of what they're going to be missing with the DJ Chark departure. Like Marvin Jones isn't really that guy anymore. So I think Green could potentially surprise people if he gets an opportunity to step into that role. Obviously, they want J Mo to be that guy too, but um, J Mo is going to be more of the Z receiver that's, you know, not lined up on the line of scrimmage. They're going to hide him a little bit more and try to get, you know, easy releases for him where I think Green can go up there and beat press coverage. Um, to what degree we'll have to see. There's a reason, obviously, he was a seventh-round pick, but I think he could surprise some folks. I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Sam Laporta as I think he could be the the put up the biggest numbers of any rookie tight end this year. I know Dalton Kincaid is probably the only one that can really compete with him in Buffalo, but I think Kincaid is is going to have target issues just because of all the other targets and Josh Allen using his legs and whatnot. Laporta, the Titan, the Lions tight ends were awesome last year, even after Hawkinson was traded. Yeah. You're telling me now that this a guy that was profiled as a guy that can catch the ball very well. He can line up any all he lined up all over the field for Iowa. Like Iowa had nothing else. And yeah. he lined up everywhere and still put up numbers on a terrible offense. I think Laporta could be quickly looked at one of the the possibly the best tight end from this class just because of landing spot and what how his talent fits in this team i think he is going to be a big part of the offense quickly agreed uh i do agree with that all right i went with b plus for this draft i went back and forth i I wanted to i wanted to hurt him for the campbell (laughs) pick but here's the thing. Every I looked back at the other grades I've given. Every every team with less than a B drafted bad players. The Lions didn't draft a single bad player. I liked all of these guys. They just drafted them in weird spots. So, um, and then the trade back from six to twelve influenced my decision as well. Getting the quarterback and getting a defensive back at you know super valuable spots really boosted their grade for me. So I went B plus. I have to go with a D plus. There's just too much opportunity cost given up while yeah, they're good players. It's just you had you really had a chance to just build it really take the next step on a team building aspect and, and where this team could go in a very weak NFC. And they kind of just chose the safe route, which you don't win you don't win Super Bowls being safe. You don't, but you don't win Super Bowls drafting bad players either. 
Yeah, so. but it's a it's a risk tolerance thing. You got to take some risks. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with needing to take. They should have taken more risks, but I just I can't kill a team that like who it's a comparable situation. Like Houston got a C plus from me, despite an awful trade up and Juice Juice Scruggs pick in the second round. I mean. I can't, I can't, Detroit can't be lower than them. That was, a, that was an egregious decision on multiple avenues there. So. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that. If, if that's what you gave Houston, I don't remember what I said for Houston when we talked about, I think I was right around where you I were think, though. Yeah. I think you said C plus. Um, Cause I usually make a note when the we problem, the problem is at least Houston put, I know they made a terrible trade up, but they took premium positions in the right spots like yeah if you remove the trade up they at least are taking you know they're going to be getting value on guys if they hit wherever they were picked yeah all right green bay best pick i went with luke musgrave and then i want to do worst pick right away too because they play the same position and that was tucker craft now (laughs) Our, our model likes Tucker Craft, the Tucker Craft pick more, actually. But the Tucker Craft pick is freaking stupid, Chris. When you Just draft you a tight end with a top 50 pick, why then would you draft another one 12, whatever picks later it was, 20 picks later? I don't I understand. that the And I like Tucker Craft a lot. I really do. But I like Musgrave more as a player. And good God, they – there's there's no way they they knock this draft out of the park because there's no way Musgrave and Kraft are both elite players just on volume alone. Right, exactly. Yeah. They could both be elite, but you would never know because they're yeah, gonna you would never know. get a hundred yeah. targets a year. Like yeah. So they said, I've heard arguments of yeah, take multiple QBs in a draft because you know nailing Which, that position is so important. Doing that for a non-premium position to make sure you get a good tight end is is yeah is not great. A non-premium position with premium picks too was the problem yeah like if they went tight end if they went musgrave like in round two and then like will mallory in the fifth or sixth round that's different and that's basically tucker craft craft is very similar to will mallory so are you that's a totally different conversation i can't get on board with a second and a 42nd pick and what the 75th pick overall or something yeah so would you have rather them pass on musgrave at 42 and take uh I no, know. I think Musgrave has elite potential. Even though Kraft was a full over around yeah. cheaper? Okay. Yes. Yeah, because uh, like Musgrave is the highest ceiling tight end in this class for me. Like if you're if you're yeah. chasing unicorns and you want to hit on a uh, a Rob Gronkowski type, I think Musgrave was a guy to bet on there. But um, Yeah, that's uh it's tough for me and best I think it's gotta be Musgrave or Jaden Reed. I really like Jaden Reed. I think he I don't know how in love they are with Romeo Dubs. I know they definitely like him, but I don't know if they view him as you know a guy they want to be getting a tons of targets a year. I think Jaden Reed plus Christian Watson is an awesome pairing. Yeah, um, yeah, I, and he what he can do for them in the return game is always nice when you have that extra bonus from a receiver that can actually play well as a receiver as well. Yeah, so I'd I'd have to go Musgrave or Reed. Um, it's tough to pick between the two. Yeah, a secondary candidate for worst pick for me was Sean Clifford. 
we don't yeah, have that. Own, I, that is by far the worst pick. <laughs> yeah, the, I just didn't like Kraft because they literally spent two premium picks on tight ends. Yeah. But, um, but Clifford, Clifford is not an NFL quarterback. Yeah, Sean Clifford may not have had his phone with him. And they, he may not have even been expecting a call on that day. But hey, he beat out Will Levis. He did. Um, all right, surprise pick for me was Carl Brooks. They list him as linebacker on NFL.com, Bowling Green. That is what he played, but he's 300 pounds. Green Bay loves these dudes, man. They love these enormously sized athletic freaks that can line up anywhere on the D-line. Like this could easily be your Dean Lowry replacement. Your, you know, he kind of reminds me of Rashawn Gary a little bit, but like I think he can play three tech next to, you know, their big nose tackle there. Yep. Um, so I, I think he could surprise you. Six round pick, not normally betting on those guys to do well, obviously, but that's why it's a surprise. I think he could surprise people there. So and it, it won't be right away, though. He's definitely raw coming from a small school, et cetera. I'm going to go like, with Charlotte, wide receiver, Grant Debut. I think he actually had a really good senior week when we were down there in Mobile, quietly, is one of yeah. the small school guys. I think he actually has a chance to at least make the roster and potentially work his way into playing time, similar to what we saw with Romeo Dubs last year. It's a lot. It's a young wide receiver room. He he can do, you know, he's he's built like a prototypical uh, X wide receiver that can do do it all, just not at a super high level. But if he yeah. can continue to develop, I think he's got a shot to be an impact player for them in, at some level at some point in his career. Yep. Um, I went with uh, B minus on this draft. Yeah. C plus B minus. Yeah, that, that feels right. All right. Minnesota. We got to scoot a little bit too. We're like 30 in and haven't even touched <laughs> AFC North yet. Minnesota, Jordan Addison was my best pick. They didn't really have a lot of high impact picks in general or high pre- like premium picks. So I went with Jordan Addison is the best pick. I think this is pretty self-explanatory and I think we've hit it also. Yeah, that's that would be my best pick as well. All right. Worst pick, I went Mekhi Blackman. Um, he's a really raw corner. He was so raw when I watched him, I didn't even get around to scoring him, correct? No, you have a score. Or no, yeah, you're right. We don't you do not have a score. Yeah. Sorry, wrong guy. I didn't think I did. Um I don't know how this guy was a second round pick. Like this is mind blowing to me. Especially when you look at the other corners on the board. You know, I I like the idea that they drafted a premium position. They just did it with a really weird player. And Blackman was he was used a variety of ways as well. So was their their next pick or their other corner pick, which was my surprise pick for them, was Jay Ward, LSU DB. I like that pick way more than Blackman. Like, I don't, and I I still don't even like it. I don't think it's a good pick, but I think it could he could surprise people. He was a fourth round guy. Uh, he played just about every position in the LSU defense. Played a little box. Played a little nickel. Played a little outside corner was down senior bowl week played you know first two days he was on the outside then went to the slot and then got cooked in the senior bowl game um playing like box safety it was it's kind of funny he was all over the place but um just his versatility i think is attractive to me and uh, you know a good athlete that can play a lot of positions is never a bad thing Uh, i'd have to go with shocker here the jaron hall pick is the worst pick because it's a waste of a pick you might as well just light it on fire and walk away he's not going to be the kirk cousins replacement he's also not very good uh he's yeah go go 
take some other defensive position or something. Just do anything else to, that can actually make an impact for your team. I knew you were going to say Jaron Hall because you've hated the man since <laughs> we first watched him yeah. back in January. There are legitimately a lot of Jaron Hall truthers. There is, and I don't know why. He's He's got some mobility to him. I mean, I guess there's that, but... Some mobility and he's got a cannon. Yeah. So people like... Can't hit anything with it, though. <laughs> Does not play on schedule at all. Does not throw with timing or anticipation. Can't really layer the ball. I I don't know. <laughs> I agree it's kind of a wasted pick. If he develops a little and turns into a good backup, is it really a wasted pick though? Was would they get him in the fifth round? It's a wasted pick. He's not gonna he's not gonna even be a backup one. I mean, he'll be he'll, the backup for as long as his rookie contract says, and then they'll move on. So <laughs> he has the perfect skill set to just absolutely annihilate preseason football. Yeah, sure. And then, and then never turn into anything. Yeah. Because he's got the athleticism and then like a can't – like uh, DTR is the same thing. DTR is going to eat. Oh, yes. I'm like excited week, to watch Week DTR. three preseason, bro, or week four preseason when it's just like him in the second half versus a bunch of scrubs. He's just going to dominate. So Jaron Hall could do the same kind of thing, though. I went C-plus for this grade, mostly just lack of premium picks. And, you know, the, the ones they did have, I, I felt like they kind of wasted. Yeah, C-plus. All right, AFC North. Can we? I don't know that we actually have enough time to do this. <laughs> we can try. This new format was supposed to speed things up, but it did not. Well, not. It was supposed to expedite conversation about players we shouldn't really be talking about. All right. Well, I, two two of these teams have like barely any picks. Okay, we'll go. We'll go quick then. AFC North, Baltimore. I'll just run through my best, worst, and surprise, especially because they didn't have really many picks. My best pick didn't register on our model because it was a fifth-round pick, and we're trying not to do that. But Caillou Blue Kelly is a Baltimore Ravens cornerback. He likes to come up and play press. He can play a little off zone. Did a lot of different things in college, which I think Baltimore looks for in their DBs. So I do like the value there. He's a guy that I I liked his tape, and I'm surprised he's a fifth-round pick. Worst pick was Trenton Simpson to me. Um, They got him roughly at value, too. You know, it was what they can. I think his big board rank and his actual draft slot were the same, if I remember right, or close to it. Yeah, very close. Um, so you wouldn't think that was a worse pick, but I just Baltimore falls for this trap all the time. Whether it's the, the guy he's going to be replacing, uh, Patrick Queen, they're like the same player. They keep doing this though, over and over. They've they made love so their many linebackers that years. don't matter. <laughs> they drafted one from Oklahoma a couple years ago too, that was just like Trenton Simpson and just turned out to be nothing. Um, I just don't, I don't know why they keep, they, they're not coming off their type and their type doesn't work. So anyways, worst pick surprise pick for me, Andrew Voorhees. He was a seventh rounder. This guy tore his ACL at the combine running his 40 and then finished his workout, which is insane. But that's why he's, that's why he fell to the seventh round because he's virtually going to miss the entire season, which you never, never really want to do. He's an older rookie too, older rookie missing an entire year. But the dude can play. His tape is sound, and he he's fits that Baltimore identity. <clears throat> Sorry, he's going to be uh, interior block, interior offensive lineman for them that can you know win at the point of attack and the run scheme. Needs to work on his pass pro, but whatever. It's a seventh round pick, so I think he could surprise some fellas. 
Yeah, you. I'm not even going to add much. You basically nailed the order that I would have named these guys. Uh, yeah, Simpson is just a terrible pick because they continue to add resources to linebacker despite trading for Roquan Smith, drafting Patrick Queen early when they drafted him. Just doesn't really do a whole lot for their defense. They should have gone elsewhere. And yep. then, yeah, I had the same surprise and best picks as well. Nice. I went C for this grade. I'd go C minus. You're a harsh writer. We're both harsh compared to consensus, by the way. PFF gave out like 11 A's. Well, that's what people want to feel good about. I know. It's like, it's not realistic. If everyone is getting A's and B's, then like the whole league is collectively getting better together. Yep. It's just, I don't know, whatever. Cincinnati is next. They probably had one of my favorite drafts of the entire weekend. So, like, we literally could talk about all their picks, but we won't. Best pick for me, Miles Murphy. Insane value. I love the upside swing here because he is such a freak athlete, has so much raw power and length, but he doesn't have to play right away. We've all talked about how this is kind of a developmental guy. He's a little raw, needs a better pastor's plan, needs more consistency sending out. Well, cool. He gets to go sit behind Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. That's like a perfect scenario for him. Work his way onto the field. Love the value they got out of that. Um, they also like DJ Turner, great pick in the second round. Yeah, Jordan's gonna Battle be my best pick. Yeah, DJ Turner's your best pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, you, they you, killed you it. could pick any of these picks, and I wouldn't argue that you've made a bad best pick. Exactly, Charlie Jones in the fourth. That's my surprise, by the way. Char- Charlie Jones or yeah. Chase Brown are my surprise picks. Yep, exactly the same. They're all they could they could legit be impact players for them this year, and right, and they got them at low cost. If they want to save some money on Tyler Boyd. Charlie Jones could start right now for you. Yeah, I don't know what Boyd's contract is, but if it helps them pay Higgins and let Boyd walk, yeah. and Charlie Jones could be their guy. No more Trent Irwin or whatever that exactly. was last year. And Chase Brown, I'm not going to say this is a guy who's going to you know replace Joe Mixon immediately, but when you're looking at the ideal landing spots for Chase Brown, Cincinnati was on that short list of teams. We talked about Miami, San Francisco, the Jets, the Rams, and Cincinnati. So he lands in Cincinnati. Mixon's got legal troubles. Like he could really surprise some people for yeah. sure. He's a better runner than P Ryan for sure, too. They didn't really have like a horrible pick either. Um, even like their seventh round pick, they throw a dart at a, a DB from a power five school. That's never a bad plan. You're yep. probably just getting a special teams player, but like whatever. Their sixth round pick, though, Brad Robbins, punter from Michigan. <laughs> it's like it's hard to kill him for that when they absolutely murdered their first six picks. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Finally, at pick seven, you you reached a little for a punter, but they needed a punter, I guess. So whatever, <laughs> you live with it, you know. Yeah, that's by default the bad, the worst pick, but it's not even that bad. Right. Right. Uh, I went a plus for this draft class. Yeah. This draft class. A a plus or yeah, a plus. Cool. Cleveland Browns. Now, obviously, they didn't have a first or second round pick because Deshaun Watson is their first and second round pick. Um, but we're not gonna let them off the hook, though. They still got to do. <laughs> do well with with the picks they had for my best pick my best pick and surprise pick were the same and i i didn't necessarily want to do that i just didn't have another way to go and that's edge from missouri isaiah mcguire got him in the fourth round we crushed yesterday on the pod see what were the teams the falcons for taking zach harrison when they did the bucks for taking yaya diaby for when they did um the Panthers are taking DJ Johnson where they did. The Saints are taking Foskey where they did. They got so the 
the Browns get uh, an edge rusher in that tier of players. They're in that same tier on my board and Isaiah McGuire, but they get, they took them like 40 picks later than all those guys. So cool. Like that's, that's where I thought those guys would go. McGuire goes in that range. So I think he's their best pick. They didn't have much to work with here. And then surprise because he's a fourth rounder and I think he can play a little bit. Yeah, I think that was a good pick. I really like the Cedric Tillman pick in the third round. I mean, he, these ten, both him and Hyatt got killed for their offense that they came from. And yeah. while I think there's definitely some merit to that, taking them in the third round, both guys that could, you know, be legit NFL starting wide receivers for you on a team that really doesn't have much outside of Amari Cooper that you can count on. Uh, they did trade for Elijah Moore, but he had a pretty bad year last year. So who knows really what that is. Tillman Tillman can give them immediate value and being a third round pick, I think is a solid pick. Yeah. My worst pick was Dewan Jones. I know the model loved the pick, hundredth percentile, because he fell from fringe first round territory to the fourth round. But I just I don't like burning picks on guys that are three hundred and ninety pounds and you're showing up to team meetings or sorry, team interview, basically interview, job interviews at three hundred and ninety three pounds. I, I don't have a good feeling about that pick. I, I don't think it's going to work out for them. You want to talk about burning picks? How about drafting a quarterback in the fifth round that is never going to do anything for your team? <laughs> I should have guessed that you were at going least, to get At yard. least DeJuan Jones can lose some weight. Dorian Tomlin Robinson, well, well, yeah, I kind of like him as a QB. It's just, it just doesn't matter. He's never going to do anything. You burned a fifth-round pick on him. Get him in the sixth or seventh round if you're going to do this. But, yeah. They, they did have a backup quarterback, Chris. Then go, guy. There's guys everywhere. There's quarterbacks. They're gonna they're gonna pay Dorian Thompson Robinson seven hundred grand for the next four years. To okay, be so there was undrafted free agent QBs that will do the same amount that DTR will do for this team in his, their careers. Oh, no. Watson ever gets hurt, I'd rather have DTR than one of those guys. You're dead. You're dead anyway. You're just... <laughs> the backup quarterback conversation is like the biggest conundrum because it's like, um, it, it yeah. If you lose your starting quarterback for an extended period of time, you're dead. In the rare event, you have a backup that can play. We've had some uh, like a good lucky streak with Nick Foles, with Brock Purdy experience. These guys that have come in and, and led teams to playoff runs, but Cooper Rush. Yes, but I mean, one. yeah, I know. But we we don't we don't know if he had to take over for the whole year what that would have led to. I, I'm yeah. assuming the wheels would have fallen off at some point. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, I went C. With this, great. I'm guessing you went F. <laughs> nah, I'll go D. I'll go D plus. There's there's a couple picks in there that are good enough. Okay. Uh, last but not least, Pittsburgh. Um, this was another team that I thought had a fantastic draft. Um, and they've needed they needed this draft because their last few have just been weird. They kind of seemed to start losing that identity but then they just crushed it like i love their one two three four i I liked every pick they made their first six especially though but for best pick i went joey porter jr everyone was blocking porter jr to them at pick what 17 they end up getting him at 32 don't want to call it a steal but feels like a steal it's it's good value nonetheless um and they get a guy who fits their scheme really well obviously the, the culture the identity the you know the bloodlines it's all it all just feels good yeah i was stuck between that and broderick jones but i think i'll i, I want to go the porter out for the the narrative of it you know the bloodline like you said i think that's awesome but i think surrounding 
Kenny Pickett with more pass protection is also extremely important. And I'm glad they valued that as well. Yeah. I don't think I really have a worse pick for this team. I'm having a hard time picking one. I, I didn't, I didn't, I literally put three dash marks. There wasn't a bad pick. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a bad. Yeah. There wasn't one. It, this is, this draft is virtually spotless. I even went back and looked at each pick to see if there was a guy I liked better. Like you could argue the Benton pick they reached a little bit on, but like Benton's a baller. And again, if we restacked a board just for Pittsburgh, Benton would be way higher on that board because he does what they do. This is like he is a Cam Hayward type player. These are the type of interior guys they like, and he's going to develop some passer skills. Like I, I love that pick. Darnell Washington in the third, like late third, I like. Maybe that's like the only downside I can think of is like if Washington is only a blocker for them for his entire career, then that's probably not a great spot to pick because like blocking tight ends are are everywhere. But it, but we don't know. We don't know how they plan to use him and whatnot. True. For surprise pick, I went Nick Herbig. Yep, that's um, a good one. Yeah, I just like he's going to be productive for them, whether he's off the ball or on the edge or playing some hybrid role. Like he's just a perfect fit for them. They've Steelers done, love these guys. Yeah. Yeah. They've done this time and time again. So he's the new Alex Highsmith. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think that's a great surprise. Corey Trice cornerback all the way in the seventh round is also a decent surprise as a, as a seventh round pick. Yeah. Got to wonder why he fell. I think maybe teams viewed him as too big, like six, three with really long legs. Like he can get a little leggy. And his, you know, hip flips and stuff. Like, right. Yeah. It's a lot of mass to move. It, well, and it's hard to track smaller, shiftier guys. Right. He just can't. So, right. It's like, you, if you're playing a team like, say, the Arizona Cardinals that are trotting out three, uh, five Niners. Yeah. Corey Trice ain't going to be able to cover Ronald, those guys. Ronald Moore will take five steps before he finishes his second step. Yeah. Exactly. So, mirroring those guys would be very difficult. But I went A plus for this draft class, though. Yep. That's, that's the grade. Nice. We did it. We did it. We did that that division in 13 minutes. We did the other one in 32. So this was an if you're, easy if you're one an AFC sure. North fan, we're terribly sorry for for ruining your your listen here. But they were mostly good drafts, minus the Browns. They were. Uh, the Ravens in short awesome too. Abbrevi- yeah. We had two abbreviated drafts and then two really good ones. So, yeah. but all right, that's going to do it. We'll be back tomorrow with I think we're going to do the AFC East and the NFC East. Yeah. Let's do it. We won't talk about the Eagles, though, because I just want to spite Chris. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We are out. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. 